we will have conversations to our high school selves. So we'll be talking a little bit about what we wished we knew when we were starting off with our college journeys. And I'm Amanda, and I'm joined by our three other wonderful co-hosts, Adnan, Shiv, and Sandra. So I guess to jump in and start my high school journey and going into my college journey, I did attend a public high school in kind of northeastern Ohio, so a little bit of rural area. But my high school, we it, it was talked about our college experience. We had a guidance counselor that encouraged us to go on college visits, but other than really very briefly, a few teachers talking about it. We There weren't a lot of programs of, uh, we weren't really told or kind of coached on what to look for in a college, coached on how to, what questions to ask when we went on those college visits. And as a first generation college student, it was kind of going in, picking up things here and there of conversations that I had overheard from other students on campus of, oh, maybe that is a good question to ask when I was on those college visits. So it, a lot of it was going in not really knowing anything, just kind of trying to pick up some pieces here and there of of what to do when I got onto those college visits. Yeah, and I'll pass it over to Adnan to share a little bit. Yeah, honestly, mine was kind of similar. Really, so I, I grew up in Houston and I went to an inner city high school called Hastings High School. So it's an area in Houston called Aleaf. So yeah, we had, we I think we had a guidance counselor. We had a college center. So it was like a a person dedicated to helping you apply for colleges and, and scholarships and things like that. And and I always would go in there and it would be empty. There would be no one in there. And the woman in the center, she'd always be like, can you come whenever I am bored? <laughs> I need people to come talk to me. But the weirdest thing was even with those resources, I feel like I was never really encouraged to apply for colleges outside of, let's say, community college. And I'll never, I don't know if you all have this experience, I'll never forget this you know, we had a, a day in one of our classes. There was like, hey, guys, we're going to go apply for college. So they took us out of class and they took us to the computer lab and uh, they all sat us down and they were like, all right, so we're going to start your application. And it was for Houston Community College. And uh, not that there's anything wrong with community college. I think that's a great route for many people. But that was it. They didn't help us with any other colleges. They didn't encourage us to seek out what majors we wanted to do or anything like that. It was like, all right, you applied HCC, you're good to go. And I remember thinking, man, this is it. What What about UT? What about U of H? What do I need to do for those schools? And they basically were like, yeah, Google it, figure, figure it out. Yeah. So being on my journey, that was what I had to do senior year of high school was just figure it out. What would it meant to be top 10%? What major I wanted to do, which I don't know if y'all know this, but I actually went into college as an architecture major, not even engineering. I didn't know I wanted to do engineering. I mean, I wish I had known that. I feel like I would have applied to many different schools versus just the couple I applied to. So just to kind of kick off at least my journey, I would say a lot of it was just unknown, figuring it out and kind of stumbling my way into where I got to today. So it's definitely, it could have been better if I would have the conversation with my high school self, it would have been, hey, let me sit you down and, and give you a blueprint on what not to do. And in bold and caps would be, hey, you're going to do engineering. Just know that. <laughs> no architecture. Don't do that. But yeah, so th that was a little about about mine, my journey. I don't know, Sandra, how, how yours was. So I'll kind of pass it off to you. First of all, hi, everyone. I'm Sandra Fernandez, and I'm one of the co-hosts. 
I had the experience of coming into the college as a foreign student, actually. Even though I was born in the U.S., I'd studied junior high and high school in Mexico because my parents wanted bilingual children and they figured in immersion is the way to go for that. Dropped me in the middle of the country. By the way, did not speak Spanish when they sent me to Mexico. Spoke it well when I got back, though. I didn't know anything about the college process. Most people will tell you that there's two ways to get information about how to apply to college and what that all looks like. One is from school through your teachers and counselors, which I didn't have the access to. And the other one is through people who've gone through the process previously. I'm a first gen. Really, no one in my family had ever done that. So when I came back to the U.S. for quote unquote a gap year, I thought I was going back to school in Mexico to go to college and to finish up my degree. My parents decided that it's time for me to stay in the U.S. And so I had to figure this out all on my own. Things I wish I'd known. I wish I'd known you apply to more than one school. I just applied to the school that I knew that I wanted to go to. How to choose the best school. I chose a school based upon what other people told me. That's the big college in the city. My parents didn't know anything, so they couldn't really tell me more than that. Applying for financial aid, I didn't apply for financial aid that first year that I went in. I didn't know you could. It's your parents pay for it. There's a bill. You pay for it. No one told me that. So there's, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff I wish I'd known in retrospect. And I'm going to age myself a little. I started college in the days before the internet. So there was no actually looking this up online and getting help online. We sort of had to figure it out on our own. Looking back, there's so many missed opportunities, especially that very first year, things I wish I'd known. And that's just a few of them. How about you, Shiv? Yeah, thanks for sharing. And I feel like it's been interesting to hear all these stories because maybe this is a commonality amongst all the first gens, but there was a lot of nebulousness when you're first applying, a lot of confusion, a lot of chaos, a lot of like entering the unknown. So for context, I grew up in Houston and I went to a a public high school in Cyprus and back into his college application time, like early senior year, I didn't know that you like weren't handheld to apply to college. And then like October, the first year, my school was like, Hey, have everyone applied? And all my friends were like, yeah, we applied. And I'm like, what, when, when did, when, when, when have y'all been doing this? I had no idea. So I just rushed applications. I missed like most schools. I didn't, I didn't even consider myself for any like non-Texas schools. And I just threw something at UT and U of H. I ended up getting U of H. I got lucky enough to be in the honors college, which was nice. I'm surprised they let me in because I only took the SAT once and I got, and I didn't do well on it. So I'm surprised. Yeah. Anyways, I think there's a lot of knowledge that I didn't know that I feel be like people that are like generational college grad would, would, would get, but Something else that's interesting is you mentioned that you were an architecture major, Adnan, first. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why did you pick architecture? I started as an econ major and I changed mine to, to chemistry as well. So what, like, what led to that? Yeah. So in high school, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, I took AP classes. I did okay. I did pretty good in high school. Like the AP classes I took, I, I did decent in. But I was all over the place. I was like, man, what do I do? Do I want to do engineering? Do I want to do medicine? And there was this class in my high school. It was like this CAD class that I took and I really liked it. Like I liked, I liked working at AutoCAD and, and I had built a portfolio, of like all the stuff that I had made. And my architecture teacher was like, well, you like doing this stuff. Why don't you just apply and become an architect? 
And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> that sounds great. And so I like built this portfolio and I applied to, I applied to U of H, right, all these schools. And even a University of California school I applied to just because I was like, oh, that's cool. Let, let me apply there. They have an architecture program. And, and for some reason I had gotten lucky and the advisor had, had told me to take the SAT because for at that time they gave, I think it was like a coupon. If you had a certain economic like background, the SAT was free. So she was like, hey, if sign up for it, because I need to give you this coupon, I need you to use it because I have 50 of them and no one's wanting them. And I was like, okay, I'll take it. And so I went and took the test and I, I did okay. I think I got, man, I want to say like a 2000 or something. And I think back then the, the highest score is like a 2400. And I think a 2000 was like pretty okay compared. To, it, it wasn't like good enough to like get you into Harvard or like top tier, but it was like good enough to like get you into like pretty, pretty much most schools, I think. And so I kind of stumbled into it and I still remember. So I was trying to pick which school I wanted to go to. And this is where we can kind of touch on this later. The, fin the financial aid piece came into play. So I got these acceptance letters from, from a couple of schools like Rice and, and UT and, 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 and UC and things like that. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm poor, so I'm sure they'll figure it out. I'm sure they're not going to make me pay for this stuff, right? And uh, yeah, no. <laughs> like Rice hit me with, they're like, yeah, we get it. You're poor, but you still are going to have to figure out a way to pay 20000 a year. And I think Rice was like 50 or something like that. And then UT, they were like, yeah, we'll pay for your tuition, but we won't pay you for your boarding, room and board and all this stuff. And I did a math. I'm like, man, so you're, you're saying I have to take out loans for $100,000 for four years? And they were like, yeah, pretty much. But, you know, you get to go to Rice and Rice is a great school. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. And then U of H threw, they had a pretty good scholarship. I think you might have gotten that too, Shiv, like they, they had a pretty decent like financial aid package. And so I ended up going there. But the funny part was, I think that kind of commonality, right? This entire, my basis for taking architecture was just because someone told me to do it and not because I, I feel like I spent the time figuring it out because I didn't have that guidance. And so I got to college and I started hearing all these horror stories of these architecture majors that spent five, six years in school, didn't have jobs all this stuff. And I was like, oh my God, can I spend five years in, at U of H and then not have a job to show for it? And I just started freaking out. And yeah, so what ended up happening was me just going to the counselor, begging them to put me in engineering. Cause I was like, I feel like this is the only way for me to graduate and get a job. And luckily like my grades were good enough to where they, they were able to put me in. And somehow I, I made it through. But if I were to go back, I would have, I would have said, Hey, look, it's great. You're applying to all these schools. Can you pay for it? Can you afford it? Maybe spend more time looking at scholarships that help you pay for school and please, please make sure what major you want to do. <laughs> so, so that's kind of going back to your share. That's kind of why I did, I did architecture and then kind of went over to engineering. Yeah, it's so hard when you're 17 years old to know what you want to do for the rest of your life, especially if you don't have an architect as a dad. So I, yeah, I completely sympathize. Sorry to cut Did you, you guys have to Yeah, like, I think that's on one thing I really wish I would have known is looking back that I know some schools and some majors, like I know specifically for like nursing or some, some different fields, you kind of apply to that school. But for those that like are majors that you don't have to apply for that specific major to, to get in. I really wish I would have known like it's okay to start undecided. It felt like going into college, everybody had a major. And so you just kind of wanted to pick something. 
And I started as a forensic science major. And I actually looked at schools and I was part of my college search was I looked at schools that only had forensic science. And so I feel like I limited myself to that when I ended up changing to to business and marketing management. And so I think looking back now, I think that's one piece of advice. And one thing I wish I would have known was it's okay to start off undecided and take kind of like the gen eds and courses that, that you kind of have to take and figure out what you're interested in and where you want to go. The thing that they don't tell you going into college is how common it is to change your major. Almost every person who I was friends with and pretty much all of my siblings started out doing one thing and then changed while they were already in there, mostly because they figured out that what they thought that they wanted to do wasn't actually a good fit for them. But at the time when you're doing this and when you're starting college out, they make it sound like it's such a big deal. You're changing your major. Oh my goodness. And looking back, it's, oh, well, everybody does it. Every other person I know actually did end up doing that. I know people who changed their major several times, actually, and are very happy doing the thing that they ended up with at the end and looking back go, oh my God, I would have been miserable doing that. But for a lot of us, college is figuring out whether or not what the thing you want to be when you grow up is actually a thing you want to be when you grow up. Yeah, it's like hard to know too. Like even as a chemie, I kind of went into chemie after switching from econ, kind of blind. I just knew I had good job security, but I didn't know if I actually enjoyed it. I just knew I was good at it. And now that I like after getting into the workplace and working as a chemical engineer for a while, I realized I didn't have a strong passion for it. So maybe there's an element of exploring, not just am I good at the coursework, but also can I connect with alumni that are doing this thing? And then do I enjoy doing that thing? My first internship is when I knew that this was the right fit for me. Because until then, it was all coursework, like you said. It was all just book learning. But when I finally got into an office and started to actually work on projects and in real life, started to incorporate some of the things that I learned, then there was this moment, this very clear moment, I remember thinking, oh, wow, I'm actually good at this. This is what I want to do. Yeah. I I remember the... At U of H, I think they have this initial day where you go in and you pick your classes and they give you a tour and all that. And they give you a little sheet. I don't know if they do this still. And it was like, put your major down on this or change. you, know, you can change your major today or something like that. I don't remember what it was. And I remember looking at it and I think I had probably like an anxiety attack because <laughs> I was like, is this what I want to do? And I like would change majors every five minutes like while I was at that little session. And then even after getting into engineering, it's you have you talk to a bunch of people and they say everyone has something different to say. Like we have this class, you probably remember. It's called chemical process. It's supposed to be like your first really hard class. And it has like U of H at least, it has, I want to say like 30% pass rate. So they fail like 70% of the class. And I remember like talking to people that had taken the class while I was like waiting to take it. And I like had another anxiety attack. I'm like, oh my God, this is, why does it sound so hard? But one of the things I would say to my past self is, hey, it's kind of like Google reviews or like Yelp reviews, right? Like I go to, I like to eat out quite often. I'll go places, but I'm pretty bad at leaving reviews. I'm great at lurking and like getting reviews and going to places, but I'm sure like I've, I've tried to do better at it. I'm a local guide level five, by the way, now on Google, which I think this is the corniest thing ever. But I feel like only the people that have bad experiences leave bad reviews. 
And that's what I would tell my, my past self. Hey, just pick something that's a good foundation and just get through it. Because even as an adult, you might not end up doing that. Because <laughs> like me, I as an adult, I'm not doing engineering anymore. I'm like the complete opposite of an engineer. But I did something that gave me a strong foundation so I can kind of do whatever and not freak out over people that have bad experiences. That class actually triggered a memory because maybe something else I'll tell myself is like back when I was taking chemical processes, I remember getting my first grade back from the first test. And it was like, a, we're all in this big lecture hall, hundreds of people fit in this thing. And the average test grade was like a 42 or something, like something in the 40s. And that blew my mind because I'm so used to like high school where everyone is getting like 70s or 80s and passing. And I remember I got below average on the first test. And like that, that was my first panic attack. I'm like, man, do I have to drop this class? Am I going to not be an engineer? What's going to happen? I ended up dropping the class and retaking it the next semester and then continuing on. But maybe knowing that you don't have to get it right the first time, knowing that you actually have to put in some of the diligence and networking and spend more hours grinding to achieve the same goal someone else can do in a shorter period of time. So anyways, I think I took a lot of stress on getting it right the first time. And maybe there's an element of persistence that that would have been nice. How about dropping a class? Who here no. actually had to drop a class at some point for whatever reason? Let's see, there's Shiv says yes. How about Adna? No. Amanda? No. I... See, I actually, I didn't do it often, but I had to do it for various reasons. Talk about a panic attack. All I could think of is going to my parents and basically telling them I failed at this class. That Not that I got an F, but that I just couldn't make it through the class because of all sorts of reasons, and I'm not going to go into it. But some of it was due the fact that I knew that if I continued with the class, I was going to get a bad grade. I could see it in my in my future. So I did, in fact, drop the class and talk about it. that was stressful and having to have my parents and tell them that as especially my immigrant parents who knew that I was working my way and I had to pay and they had to help with the tuition. I broke down every class to how many hours I had to work to pay the class. So I'm, you know. How many hours did I have to work to pay this class? So I've got to put the work in because I had to smile at customers for X amount of hours to pay the class and X amount of hours to pay for the books. And that's how I kept myself encouraged. Man. Yeah. I, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's tough. Yeah. I didn't have to drop a class. I, I, I want to ask though, Amanda, you, you went Oops, from forensics um, to marketing. Yeah, and so what made you have that jump? Going back to very similar to what Sandra mentioned about internships, I think I kind of really attribute that to a lot of involvement on campus, whether it's volunteering or I think experiential learning, kind of taking taking that coursework outside of the classroom and really diving into it hands-on is helpful. But what really kind of opened my eyes, well, one, I, I was really into kind of watching like CSI and forensic shows and I was gonna gonna be a detective and all of that. And then the coroner came into one of my classes and showed us some images and quickly, that's when I quickly realized this might not be for me. I was also really involved in different student organizations and really enjoyed kind of taking on leadership roles within those organizations and kind of viewed those organizations as like a mini business or like a nonprofit organization where you had like your executive committee and your executive board. And then you had different committees within, within that and kind of saw that as business related. And I really also enjoyed kind of taking 
like a foundation level look, I looked at forensic science and kind of why I chose that and what I like enjoyed out of that was kind of the psychology behind it and kind of piecing things together, kind of putting a piece, putting a puzzle together to see like why somebody may have committed this crime or why something may have happened. And I kind of looked at, okay, well, I really attending these different student organization meetings and sitting there, like I could see this as like a business meeting, like we're all coming together, we're having, we're taking our meeting minutes, and then we're going back and doing our own work, whether that was marketing or putting on a program for the organization. And so I was like, okay, I think I kind of like this, like more like business mindset. And I chose marketing because I kind of saw that as a little bit of that psychology, kind of putting pieces together, why people, what influences somebody to do something kind of thing. Yeah. And then also I, I studied nonprofit as well, minored in nonprofits, so kind of looked at looked at that like marketing for good. And so I kind of saw that taking one piece of an area or like you, Adnan, you mentioned architecture, but then engineering, and they kind of have a, a similar, similar kind of foundation to it. So kind of taking a look at different fields of study could have that underlying foundation. So kind of paring it down to see why you're interested in something and maybe that why you're interested in something leads to something else that you're also interested in. Yeah. And, and another thing that kind of reminded me of this is I, you talk about dropping as a, as a, as a college student, the first class I actually dropped was recently as a, as an adult, actually. And, and you talk about making the same mistakes you've made in the past, even though you know better now, right? One of the things I would tell my, my high school self is, Hey, if you want to get a master's degree, if you want to get further education, just do it. Just do it right after. Because you'll figure out a way to do it. But once you are an adult, it's just so much harder to go back and get a master's because it, like now, like I'm used to my salary. I'm used to my lifestyle. And there's just no way, unless a significant other or someone like supports you while you're doing it. It's just so hard going back to school. And so I tried the online route. I was in a program in Georgia Tech. I got into Georgia Tech. It was a great school. And I started this program and I thought I would like it. And then I hated it. The first class they made me take was this really intensive, like math-based kind of like programming class. And I had never done any of that in my life. And I just like kind of slogged through the first semester, like first like few weeks, did the first midterm, got like an okay grade and I just didn't like it. And I passed, like I missed the drop date. Right. So I couldn't even drop this class. So uh, I emailed a professor and I'm like, hey, I've decided like, I don't want to do this anymore, man. Can I drop the class? He's like, he's like, come on, you know this. You have a degree. You're past the drop date. And so I just literally ate that class. Like I just didn't sign in anymore. I'm pretty sure Georgia Tech hates me. And uh, I'm probably not even a student there anymore, but I still have to pay for this class. Right. So making the same mistakes as an adult sometimes. Right. Because, hey, as a high school student. If you want to do a master's degree, just just do it right after me. That's what I would tell my old self. It's nice to know that like that you're at a point where you can determine what's most valuable to you. Cuz to to have the confidence to be like, "Oh, whatever, I'm going to drop this. I don't it's not adding value to my life." is is a good trait, I think. If I could go back and talk to my high school self, I'd tell myself to do more research. Ask more people and to go out and actually get more information from people outside my immediate circle. I should have asked other people for information. Like what kind of people? 
I should have reached out to the university, maybe to the local adult education center. Most districts have these like technical schools where they actually do counseling for people who have gone through, not through a traditional high school route. There was actually one near where I lived where I could have gone and asked, but hindsight, obviously. I, th- I think it's hard to, to know who to reach out to. It is. It's hard to know who to believe, too, because you you know what I'm talking about. Everybody's got an opinion on what your major should be and which school you should go to and what what kind of job you should have. I took a degree to go into public relations. No one in my family had ever heard of public relations and had no idea what it was. I still can't tell you how I ended up with that as something that I wanted to do. No one I knew had worked in that. But 25, 30 years later, I'm still doing it. It was obviously the right choice. Yeah, I'm glad that worked out. But it's also interesting to know who the right people to get from to get advice from is. Because I remember my parents, I have an uncle that was working at an EPC company doing chemical engineering for like 20 years. And randomly, like I'd, I'd talk to him for advice. And he'd be like, yeah, get a job, go to a, a major operator and like coast for 30 years. And that sounded nice at the time. And then now I'm reflecting back on it. I'm like, that's not like his goals and my goals are fundamentally different. So maybe I should take all the advice I'm getting and curate them with my own like personal lens that we've developed. I think something I really wish I would have known as well is I ended up going to a college like 10, 15 minutes away from where I grew up. And it was a school that a lot of people in my area went to. And so it was really what I what I knew and what other people knew, but I wish I would have done research like Sandra mentioned as well and into the different types of schools. Like it, it was a state school for four year college, but after being there, I had I had some friends actually from high school go to small liberal arts colleges. And I didn't really know anything about that at the time. I just thought, oh, it's very similar to where I'm going, just a little bit smaller. But then after um in grad school studying higher education, like learning the differences between a private liberal arts school and a a public four-year four-year state college. There's just so many different opportunities that you can get at different types of schools. And again, it's just based upon what you want to do and what opportunities you're looking for. But yeah, just something I really wish I would have known is that there's different types of schools out there, whether it's on like a day visit or like a fly-in overnight visit. I think even if you don't know what a liberal arts college is or what a what a private school is or or if you don't know what opportunities you can get at a public four-year institution, I think visiting each different type of school could really help in kind of picturing yourself there and picturing yourself in that space. So I really think like actually physically being on campus to look at the space. And I know with COVID, it might be a little bit different, but yeah, that's just something I I would recommend and wish I would have done. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I was thinking the same thing recently. Getting older, we as part of our company, we'll go back to campus and we'll recruit for for interns and, and co-ops or whatever. And I get a get a chance to go to many different campuses. So recently I was at I was at University of Texas. And it's not too far away from home, but it's far enough to where I feel like you get a little bit of a different experience. And I can't sometimes help but feel a little jealous that I didn't get a similar type of experience like being at U of H and being close to home. So one thing I definitely would tell my old self is hey it's great you stayed at home and yeah, you got to live on campus at U of H and you got that experience too. But if you really can go, go to UT, go to somewhere that's different, get a different environment in for a few years. 
because you're going to get older and you're never going to be able to do that again. And, and I tell my nephew this all the time that are, they're in their age where they're going applying to schools. You only get to do it once. Yeah, this has been awesome. It's been interesting to hear the the common threads between each of our stories. There's a lot of experiences that are unique to this first-gen college application process, I think. For, so for the listeners, I really hope our advice to our former selves resonates with you. If you're applying to colleges, don't worry, it'll be okay. If you're in college now, there's lots of time. I, I Just like Adnan mentioned, I just started my own grad school, and I, I our life is a marathon. So there's always opportunities to to weave and adjust and adapt. But yeah, thank you for listening. We really hope our conversations to our former selves was helpful and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.